with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be here with you today on Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, the Feast of All Souls Day. All Souls Day is a day where we remember all of the faithful departed and hope that they are in purgatory today. It's a day to reflect on the reality of death. And perhaps if you're available to go visit a cemetery and pray for the dead there at the cemetery. And the church uses All Souls Day to remind us, you and I, of death's harsh realities. It presents the suffering souls in purgatory in the misery of death, emphasizing the separation of the body from the soul. And because that is a the actual definition of death, the rending of the body from the soul. Now, today we reflect on death to help us understand what life is about. People will talk about discovering the meaning of life. It's very simple. The meaning of life is to get to heaven. How do we know this? Because at the end of the day, every single one of us will die. And when we die, what is the hope that we have? The hope that we have is that we do not suffer eternal death, but instead be rejoicing in eternal life. Now, people often will assume that they have time to prepare for death. They will say, oh, but I'm young. Oh, but my body is supple. Oh, but my health is so good. And they do not think that they will die soon. They think that they will get sick over time, that a bad illness will overcome them, and they will have time to prepare for death. Their body will slowly weaken away, and they will see death coming. But this is not the case. Sudden and unpredictable events can end life abruptly, whether that be a car accident or there be a strange illness in which doctors will only diagnose after the fact. Whether it be some sort of dying suddenly, you will face death. And it could be unforeseen. Let us pray that we do not have an unforeseen death. The uncertainty of life's duration should lead us, you and I, to detach from earthly things and think about the things of the Lord. Because What good is wealth and riches and honors should we die today? We should recognize the inevitability of death as and humble us, to humble our pride and remind us of our accountability before God. Now, death gives life some grandeur. It shows that we can contemplate the mortality of ourselves and that our ultimate destiny is death, which means Will our destiny be heaven or will it be hell? Now, a lot of people today like to try to put away mourning and grief. They will say, do not mourn me after I die. Let's have a celebration of life. Let's wear white on the funeral day. These are revolutionary ideas because mourning and grief is something that comes from God himself. Notice that our Lord wept at the death of his friend Lazarus, knowing that he would raise him from the dead in just a few moments. Our lady at the foot of the cross, knowing with certainty that her son would rise from the dead in three days, wept bitterly at the foot of the cross. 
It is a symbol of Almighty God to weep after death. Why? Because death is bad. Death is not something good. Death is a punishment for sin, which is why we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to embrace the good news of the gospel, which brings us eternal life. Because death was not part of God's original plan. In the beginning, it was not so. So what should we do on this, on the Feast of All Souls? Let us pray for the deceased, for the souls who are the most abandoned in purgatory, and for whom no one prays, with the consent of Our Lady, of course, who decides what to do with all of our prayers. Let us also ask that they obtain for us the comprehension, love, and enthusiasm for those unfathomable shadows of death that enrich the the aesthetics of the universe and the authentic panoramas of human life. All holy souls... Pray for us. And joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. I think I'm going to go to a cemetery later today and uh, pray a rosary for those poor souls in purgatory. There's a lot of uh, wonderful prayers that you can find. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it in the after show. But yeah, this this is a beautiful day for you to go and meditate on death, your own personal death, but also the death of these these poor souls who you never know. They might be in purgatory and they need your prayers. Amen, amen. And think about your family members. Um, How many of us... You know, we have out of sight, out of mind. There may be a, a grandma, an aunt, yeah. an uncle who passed away that you used to pray for every day. And, you know, time goes by and you start to forget. And so on All Souls Day, today's the day to remember, hey, I need to start praying for my grandma, my great grandma, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, my uncle. We pray for them who have passed away before us, that their souls be released into the kingdom of heaven should they be in purgatory. A beautiful thing to do on the Feast of All Souls. And we also recognize that those souls who we help in purgatory will help us in this life. And so it's a good investment as well. So make sure you do that today. If you can make it to Holy Mass, a holy day of opportunity for you, uh, go to Holy Mass and offer up the Mass intention for the souls in purgatory. Uh, Coming up in this show today, making progress on school choice, 15 past the hour, plus students walk out of class to protest policy allowing boys to use girls' restrooms. That's good news. We'll talk about that at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Shaista Justin joins us to discuss transhumanism. That'll be a great conversation. In the next hour, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will join us to discuss Calvary and the Mass Plus, our fear and trembling game show. I also wanted to apologize for yesterday. Our show didn't air, and so you didn't get to hear the amazing interview with Bishop Pfeiffer on Venerable Mary of Agreda. It's an amazing interview. I was blown away, learned some things about Venerable Mary that I didn't know, and I thought I knew a lot about her. So uh, what am I going to do? We're probably going to air this this um, interview at some point, uh, maybe in December, but... If you want to hear that interview now, you got to sign up for our email list because I will send you that interview this Friday in our email list. So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and I will send you that interview that you missed out on uh, with Bishop Pfeiffer. You're not going to want to miss it. It was an excellent interview. Um, I'm very excited to share it with you. So go to our email list, sign up for it, grnonline.com forward slash CDT and I'll send you that tomorrow. Uh, But let's begin with prayer. We're going to be praying for the holy souls in purgatory. We're going to be praying for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. We pray for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. 
In a special way, I want to pray for my grandfather that he be healed of his sicknesses. A prayer for the holy souls. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. O Lord, who art ever merciful and bounteous with thy gifts, look down upon the suffering souls in purgatory, remembering not their offenses and negligences, but be mindful of thy loving mercy, which is from all eternity. Cleanse them of their sins and fulfill their ardent desires, that they may be made worthy to behold thee face to face in thy glory. May they soon be united with thee and hear those blessed words, which will call them to their heavenly home. Come, blessed of my Father, take possession of the kingdom prepared for you and from the foundation of the world. Eternal, Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, and union with the masses said throughout the world today. For all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, for those in my own home and within my family. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here are some of your, your breaking news and headlines for today. Now, this is coming soon, possibly to the United States. This is happening already across the pond. The headline is, Graphic Cigarette Packet Style Warnings Could Help People Reduce Meat Consumption, According to a Study. Researchers from an English university found that placing images and written warnings about the impact of meat farming on global warming, like the ones you see on cigarette cartons, discourage people from choosing meat. They tested a variety of warnings, including ones about climate change, health risks, and even future pandemics. When accompanied by a picture, the warnings reduced meat total or meat selections by 7% and 10%, according to the results of the study. And pro-abortion vandals target Ohio Catholic churches and schools before issue one vote. We've been talking about this issue one vote uh, that's going to be coming up soon next week in Ohio. One church was defaced with pro-abortion messages spray painted over a window and more than a dozen other church properties had their pro-life campaign signs stolen or destroyed. In Centerville, Ohio, pro-abortion vandals spray painted the front door and the window at the uh, Incarnation Incarnation Catholic Church, the parish had displayed a sign that encouraged Ohioans to vote no on the abortion referendum. In Oxford, the archdiocese noted an 8 by 8 foot display sign was cut in half and another sign uh, half the size was vandalized at St. Mary's Church. Every week, there have been multiple reports of pro-life yards being stolen. Uh, pro-life yard signs, excuse me. The referendum vote, which takes place on Tuesday, November 7th, is less than one week away, but early voting has already begun. In late August, Archbishop Schnurr urged Catholics and people of goodwill to oppose this very harmful amendment. This amendment could harm women by eliminating safety regulations on abortion clinics in Ohio, harm families by removing the rights of parents to consent to abortion or other reproductive decisions of their minor children and enable abortion of preborn children in the womb up to nine months. This is a terrible thing, so please make sure to make your voice be heard there. And this is a really interesting film. I have not seen it, but it looks really cool. A Cinematic Meditation, Catholic film on religious life in U.S. theaters, November 2nd. That's today. A new documentary on Catholic religious life filmed in one of Spain's most beautiful and historic monasteries will be shown in movie theaters across the United States for one night. And that happens to be tonight. Free is a Spanish documentary filmed across 12 monasteries that provides an intimate portrait of the beauty of contemplative life hidden in cloistered convents and monasteries. 
In the film, Carmelites, Trappists, Benedictines, and Cistercians share their wisdom on some of life's biggest questions from their life's calling to finding joy in suffering. The film reveals what happens when ordinary men and women set off into the deep, as the subtitle for the film, Duke in Altum, suggests, in order to find the deepest meaning of life. Now, if you want to see the trailer, you want to get more info on how to get tickets, go to freethemovie.org. That's freethemovie.org. It looks really cool. I can't endorse it, but it looks cool. Now, those are some of your headlines today, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. The Gospel of the Day comes from John chapter 6, verses 37 through 40. Verse 37 says, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will not cast out. Now, Cornelius Lapide commenting on this says, By this he tacitly intimates that the most of the Jews, on account of their incredulity, had not been given to him, nor elected by to the faith by God. Now, this is interesting to note, because here he's saying most of the Jews implying that some of them did, in fact, convert to the Christian faith, but many of them did not. So then Cornelius Lapide says, Wherefore, I will not repel them from me, putting this in the mouth of God, nor banish them from my house, namely my church. But you, O ye unbelieving and rebellious Jews, I do repel you from me and my church and will banish you to hell. But those I will lovingly embrace and take with me to the church triumphant in heaven. Now, Christ speaks in the future tense shall come to me to imitate that the Gentiles by the preaching of the apostles would, in fact, come to him. This is a very important thing because here he threatens a loss of grace, which the Jews were about to experience. And so this was to be given over to the Gentiles, just like you see the woman who says that the that she receives the crumbs that were meant for the children. Who are the children? The children are the Jews. Who are the dogs? The dogs of the Gentiles. And yet God will give the grace that was meant for the children to the dogs because the children rejected him. The children did not want the grace. And then verse 40 says, I will raise him up on the last day. This is the hope of the Christian resurrection of the dead. And so we recognize that it will be a great grace that we can, in fact, be saved. We can, in fact, have the resurrection of the body. This is the reward for those who believe in him. So let us be like the apostles and spread the faith far and wide that we may save those souls that they, so that they may experience the resurrection of the dead. For there is nothing sweeter than eternal life with God and nothing more bitter than the fiery pits of hell. So let us pray for the holy souls today and pray that many convert before it's too late. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine. G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say, We don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs. Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray a chaplet. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed the chaplet of Divine Mercy daily? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. May I ask a favor of you? I would really appreciate it if you would throw up a decade of your rosary today for myself because I can feel the beginnings of a cold coming on and I'm praying to God that this cold does not take full effect because um, yesterday, last night, I was at Holy Mass, probably like a third of the way into Mass. All of a sudden, my throat started feeling really itchy, and I started feeling a little bad. And I um, get home, and I'm like, oh, man, this is it's not good. It's okay. I'm just going to go take some vitamins and go to bed, and hopefully I'll be bad in the morning. I woke up, and it felt like my, my entire throat was just like bone dry. Is bone dry the, a phrase? That's not, what I, that's not a phrase, is that it? It yeah, is? Yeah, Okay. bone dry. Yeah. So my throat felt like bone dry, and I was like, oh, no, it's over. So I've just like, been drinking a ton of water to make my, my voice not be dead, and I can feel the cold coming on, and I'm like, please, please don't happen. I do not, I do not need this right now. So, Well, the good thing is we're coming up to the weekend, so if you get sick today, it's like the perfect setup. Yay. You can spend your entire weekend Invent being sick. sick. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, at least you're not on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, that's that's a good point. But um, the yeah, so if, if you would say a decade of the rosary for me today to uh, prevent this from make, coming any worse, but if not, if it be God's holy will, I get sick, then pray that I... Uh, Endure the suffering well and offer it for the holy souls in purgatory. Thank you for your dear generosity and charity. Okay, on to some things that are actually important. The Here's a story that I thought is very important, and it's relevant for Texas. And I think you just brought, you mentioned this, Rudy. This is relevant for Texas, but it's a game plan for other states as well. Governor Tech, uh, Abbott said that he's making progress on school choice. He revealed significant progress toward passing comprehensive school choice legislation in Texas. He's collaborating with State House Speaker Dade Phelan and has expanded the agenda of the ongoing special session number three to accommodate this legislation. Uh, Side note, special session number three is also going to be dealing with the Colony Ridge, which is 40 miles outside of Houston, where they're having this massive illegal immigration camp that's like a mini city. And I say mini city, but it's actually a massive city, bigger than some other Texas cities. And it's basically being run by the cartel. And so they're having a this special session. We'll also be dealing with that. The proposed bill establishes an education savings account program with universal eligibility for eligibility for all Texas school children, offering families the voluntary choice to participate. Participating students could receive approximately ten thousand $400 annually in their education savings. Now, this is amazing because this could go towards your homeschooling program. It could go to your private school program. It can, you can, have you wanted to send your kids to private school, but you were unable to because it's too expensive? 
Well, this would help solve that. This would cover the cost. In fact, many of the of the Catholic schools don't charge ten thousand four hundred dollars annually, and the smaller ones, the lo- local parochial ones, they usually will be less than that. And if you could use that money for that, it would not just be a benefit to you, but it'd be a benefit to the schools, the schools who are struggling to try to make ends meet, trying to charge as little as possible to get you what you need. So this is a great grace. And I would encourage people to reach out to their legislators so that way they can remind them that this is something that the Catholic vote, that the conservative vote, that the vote with children, that this is the people, what the people want. And so we can try to advocate for this because this special session is going to end on Tuesday and they're going to have basically the everything will be decided this Tuesday. And we want this to make sure it goes forward. As Governor Abbott emphasizes that the legislation represents a significant step forward in providing parents and students the freedom to choose education tailored to their learning needs. The expansion of school choice was praised not only by political figures like Senator Ted Cruz, but also from religious leaders, including the Diocese of Dallas Bishop Edward Burns, emphasizing that parents' right to determine the best educational environment for their children. Discussions on school funding and teacher pay and other crucial education matters are ongoing for the special session and highlighting the government's commitment to fostering educational freedom in Texas. Okay, so that's the story. And we should reach out. If you should reach out when hopefully this passes, and if it does, this is a game plan for other states. You can reach out to your legislator and say, hey, we want to have what Texas is having. We want that school choice in our state. This is something that is a huge win, theoretically, if it goes through, a huge win for school choice and for the homeschooling community. I think that would be great. On to this other story. Um, Rudy, could you use $10,400 a year for educating your kids? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I, I love that story. Actually, I got really excited when you mentioned that because, you know, that is going to open up the doors for so many families who are on the fence who say, well, you know, I would like to do that, but I can't afford it. Or I would like to do that, but it's just out of reach. Or maybe... I want to be a homeschool parent, but it's just like, ah, oh, it's not. But this is very close, and that's amazing. And yeah, those textbooks in uh, co-op programs are get, get cost. They start costing money. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, there's an eternal perspective of this as well. If you can, if you can set your, your children up to succeed, would you do it? Of course you would. Every, every parent who loves their children would do that, right? And that might mean taking them out of public school. I mean, we report about that all the time. It's just the craziness that you see in the public school programs uh, is, is just – it's like it's boiling over now at this point. So this might be a turning point for a lot of families. Thanks be to God. That is such a good news story. Amen. Now, speaking of good news stories, I have another good news story. Hey, hey let's it's, go. It's not even Friday. What's up with good that? Good news Thursday. I, I don't know. I don't know what that's – I mean, I got to – I'm going to add a, a bad news story into this by the end, uh, end of the segment. I got a couple, so. Okay, we'll, we'll make sure we'll, we'll put that in the docket. We'll put that in the docket. So here's another good story. Loudoun County students walk out of class to protest policy allowing boys to use girls' locker rooms and restrooms. Students in Loudoun County, Virginia, stage a walkout to protest policy 8040 that allows biological boys to use girls' restrooms and locker rooms. The policy addresses transgender and gender expansive student rights, permits facilities to use according to the asserted gender identity. 
And it goes on from there. And the story here is very interesting because obviously there's bad news to this. The bad news is that they're allowing this to happen in Loudoun County, Virginia. But the good news is the Gen Zers are not for this transgender ideology stuff. They're doing walkouts for promoting guys to use guys' restrooms, girls to use girls' restrooms. They don't want this. This is a great thing that we're seeing. And I'm willing to bet you, I'm willing to put money down that we're going to see a ton of these coming up within the next year. In 2024, or maybe sooner, but I think probably 2024, we're going to start seeing all over the country students doing walkouts because of things like this. I don't, I don't think this is you, Adrian, because you are a good kid, but... There's history of teenagers being countercultural, you know, they like rebel against their parents. Mm -hmm. What if this is all just like 4D chess, right? In order to get the country back on track, we got to inoculate as many minds as we can with like craziness, you Mm -hmm. know, like, okay, uh, guys uh, can pretend to be women and they can use the women's locker room or the women's bathroom, right? And then the parents, they take it on and the kids are like, that is absurd, that mom, dad, I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to walk out of class because you believe this. And what if this is all just a, a, a really elaborate plan to get the country back on track? <laughs> Who is doing this planning? Rudy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is it Klaus Schwab? He's funding the students to walk yeah, they're out. Actually, and all protest. very good. <laughs> and our president, he actually he talks with the Pope every single day. Mm, he's mm-hmm. like a crypto Catholic mm-hmm. for, for real, though. Mm, right, right. And in a few days, he's going to get the call. That's actually me, Rudy. I'm funding it. <laughs> I have the deep pockets. I'm telling all the kids around the country to do this. No, see, that's kind of the thing, right? When you see this happening on the left, it's very obviously, and sometimes we even expose it, and we find out objectively. These things are funded by these mega organizations, funded by multi-billionaires. These mega organizations are doing this all over the country, all over the world, really, financing people to become activists, paying money so they could uh, be full-time activists. Um, These kind of things are happening all the time, paying for DA judges, uh, paying for um, district attorneys, paying for all these different things, all funded by these major leftist organizations. When you see these things happening on the right, Almost inevitably, these things are organic. These things are not something that is uh, concocted. It's not created in a laboratory somewhere and and put out into the world. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. It's something that's happening on its own. And so it's actually very encouraging to see this. Whenever it happens, these protests against leftist ideology, it's very encouraging to see because it's also not in vogue. It also has very little capital in terms of human respect you're going to lose human respect you're going to lose influence you're being rejected by society so the fact that you see this is very encouraging whereas the other way around whenever you promote leftist ideology you're going with the current you're going to be praised for it you're going to be loved for it you're not going to be punished you know that they're going to get you off of whatever you might get in trouble for but if you do something on the right you may get in trouble you may get suspended from school you may get to get expelled from school You may get actual punishment for doing this. And so it's very encouraging to see things like this. And I'm willing to bet because the the Zoomers, the Gen Zers, 
they're rejecting what their parents have, these ideas their parents had. They're rejecting what their grandparents said and did. And they're saying, you know, this whole um, crazy world you set up for me, I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest. In fact, a recent poll said Gen Zers, which I am one of them, and they polled them all the way to 13 years old to my age, which is kind of sad that they polled 13-year-olds, said they want less sexually explicit scenes in their movies. They said they don't like them in the movies. And the millennials and the boomers and the Gen Xers are like, but I need them in my movies. You don't understand. They advance the plot. I don't get it. Somehow. 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 You know, side note, which is kind of relevant, the Game of Thrones was so pornographic that when it was at the height of its popularity, the amount of of watching of Pornhub went down because people were watching a Game of Thrones instead. And it was pornographic enough that people would watch Game of Thrones instead of Pornhub. And that's very telling about the what is going on with that TV show. Now, (laughs) it's kind of funny because I tried to uh, watch Game of Thrones when I was younger because people were like, oh, yeah, Game of Thrones is so good. watch it. I had to turn it off. Before the first five minutes of the TV show. It's that bad. Yeah. I was absolutely shocked by how bad it was. Yeah, and so no I, I never even watched the first episode. Because I had to turn it off before the first episode is over. Even if you like fast forwarded through all of it. It's... Then it'll be a five minute TV show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> watch it on filters. It's only ten minutes long. Yeah, and the, the, the way they wrapped up the show is kind of a waste of time. So yeah. anyway. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, transhumanism. You may have heard of transgenderism, but do you know about transhumanism? We'll talk about that when we get back with Shaista Justin. We'll, be, we'll see you very soon. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because... There are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. G.K. Chesterton says, You might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the Encyclopedia, is meant for everybody, and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to meditate on Christ's passion. Wouldn't it be great if everyone meditated daily on our Lord's passion? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. Pennsylvania court has permanently blocked an effort to make power plants pay for greenhouse gas emissions. Have you heard of this story? Sounds kind of crazy to me. The ruling is a victory for Republican lawmakers and coal-related interests, which is pretty much 
a lot of Pennsylvania. And they argued that the carbon pricing plan amounted to a tax and therefore would not have required, or rather would have required, legislative approval. They also argued that former Governor Tom Wolf, a Democrat, had sought to get around legislative opposition by unconstitutionally imposing the requirement through a regulation. The court agreed in a four-to-one decision. The regulation written by Wolf's administration had authorized Pennsylvania to join the multi-state regional greenhouse gas initiative, which imposes a price and declining cap on carbon dioxide emissions from power plants. Ultimately, that would just affect all the people who depend on those power plants. And here's another crazy story. The Fauci-run Montana lab conducted coronavirus experiments on bats with virus shipped from Wuhan in 2018. So this is going on way before the pandemic. 2018, the NIH infected 12 Egyptian fruit bats with WIV-1, a SARS-like virus at a Montana lab in 2018. The bats were obtained from Maryland from a roadside zoo that lies just 15 minutes away from Camp David, according to the Daily Mail. The WIV-1 coronavirus was shipped from the same Wuhan laboratory, where some experts believe the 2020 pandemic-causing virus was leaked from. The 2018 experiment was carried out at the NIH's Rocky Mountain Laboratories in Montana. This lab was overseen by Dr. Fauci himself, former NIH uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases director. So I imagine as more time goes on, we're going to see more of these bombshell little pieces of evidence that point to, well, I can't say that out loud, can I? <laughs> now, those are all of your headlines this morning, but thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time. Back to you, Adrian. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. You know, it's always funny. What is, the, what is that joke that people make? A, the difference between a conspiracy theory and news is six to eight months or something <laughs> yeah. like that. They, yeah. they have these crazy ideas. Oh, they're doing X, Y, or Z. There's no way they're doing X, Y, or Z. Come on. Six that is later. absurd. Six months later. And they're like, oh, yeah, we were totally doing that, but it was okay. Two years later. But it was a good idea. It's kind of funny the way they do that. It's kind of sad, though, because, you know, maybe we should bring back this as a segment. Like once a month, do a, a memory hole segment. <laughs> memory hole. Yeah, because. we were doing that for a while, but uh, yeah, I think that's 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 a good idea. Yeah, there's a lot of stories that just happen. You never get back to them. They you never hear about them ever again, and they get memory hold. Yeah, they yeah these stories they pop up, and you're thinking, oh man, I'm crazy. These things didn't happen because they tell you right. They they're like this totally is not. It's not bad. It's not. It's actually good that we're doing it. They start off, it starts off, they, they have this like pattern, right? It starts off, A, we're not doing that. That's crazy. How dare you say we're doing that? Then they transition over. Okay, there, we might do some things like that, but not quite what you're saying. And then they go to, yeah, we're doing it, but it's actually a good thing that we're doing it. Um, and that's the way it goes over and over and over again. And so <laughs> I think it's kind of amusing that we kind of see the things go the way... <laughs> They go the way they do. For sure. Make sure to join us in the after show. And I have a short list of these stories that uh, have been completely memory hold. Things that happened years ago and you're like, well, that must have been something much bigger. Tune in for the after show. How do you do that? You go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can join us 
on Telegram. To do that, you join our mailing list, or you can scroll around and check out that webpage, and you're going to see all the different platforms that we stream to every single day. So you can join us on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, all your favorite platforms. You can go on there and comment. Leave a comment. Let us know. Maybe you have a story that you think has been memory hold. Let us know in the comments, and we'll address that in the after show. Uh, joining us right now is Shaista Justin. Uh, she joins us to discuss uh, transhumanism. She is the president of the Center for Bioethics and Culture Network. She directed and produced the documentary film Altered Humans, How Biotech is Changing Who We Are, which is on Epic TV. Uh, you can read her analysis of the intersection of transhumanism and pop culture in her weekly column, Transhumanist Culture Wars. Good morning to you. Uh, Miss Justin. Oh, well, I guess she is not joining us right now. It kind of sounded like she was a robot. Yeah. Like she's been transhumanized. Whoa. (laughs) That's wild. Um, Well, we're going to be working on getting her back on and see if we can get her available. Uh, But while we wait for her to join us, I do. I'll tell you a little bit about this idea of transhumanism. Uh, So the idea here is that there are forces that want to basically change who we are fundamentally. Uh, We saw this back in, I want to say, when did this become popular in pop culture? I want to say I heard this in college about CRISPR and back in maybe 2016, 2018 maybe, this idea of CRISPR where they're doing gene editing to, to make designer babies for headlines that people were talking about. And now we're starting to see these things come into fruition, starting to actually be used to change people. And there was movement among the of ethicists to say, oh, no, we can't do that. That's bad. That's not good. And so we start seeing that happen. And I'm glad they're, they're trying to stop it. But then it goes, we start seeing that over and over again. And we have the problem of not a consensus among those who are in the health industry across the world. What do I mean by that? We'll think about China. Countries like China, including China, do not care about bioethics. They don't care about human life. And so we start seeing these things rise up And what do we expect these other countries to be doing? Well, undoubtedly, these countries are experimenting on humans. Perhaps America is as well, secretly. I hope we are not. But we know for sure these other countries are going to be doing these things. And we see it in a small way with what Rudy and I were just talking about with the gene editing of of viruses, right? Of trying to to do these in, in different laboratories to try to genetically modify diseases. Well, what makes you think that this is where we're stopping? Well, the ultimate answer is, and it's also apropos to talk about on All Souls Day, is that people want to live forever. They want eternal life, but they do not want the responsibility, the obligations that go along with the promise of eternal life. Because if you love God, you will keep his commandments. And heaven will be to love God. 
if you cannot love God, well, then you will not be in heaven. If you do not love God, you do not go to heaven. Because if you hate God, then heaven would be hell to you. And so how do you end up in heaven? Well, you must keep the commandments that God has set out for us. But the modern world does not want to keep the commandments. They do not want to acknowledge God. They do not want to acknowledge something greater than ourselves. So what happens? So instead of acknowledging God, submitting ourselves to a higher power, submitting ourselves to the law that God has set up for us, following the first three commandments and the other seven, of course, but relevant, the first three relating to God, the worship of almighty God, instead of worshiping God, we worship ourselves. But to worship ourselves is a form of Satanism. It is to worship ourselves as a form of Satanism. And so when we start seeing these things rise up, what happens? We say, I want to be like unto God. And what does this result in? Well, I know I won't go to heaven, so I must have eternal life here. And so they try to live forever. You know, Adrian, something you just said, worshiping yourself is a form of Satanism. I'm about to just completely just blow everybody's minds okay. away, and they're going to be so upset that I said this, but oh, no. it has to be said. When you go to a yoga studio, some of the things you say while you're participating in these classes actually is a form of self-worship, which is why you can't go and do yoga. So, uh, I know we're going to get emails about that. I know everybody hates to hear that, but it, I have to say it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, there are a manifold of reasons why you should not do yoga, but mm-hmm. that is definitely uh, one of, of the ones that are up there mm-hmm. in terms of the most important reasons because you know, people are always like self-help and these are kind of ideas, right? The problem is not that we don't think more of ourselves. It's not that we should think less of ourselves, It's that we should think about ourselves less and get out of ourselves. Instead, put your mind on heavenly things. Think about the things of heaven. Think of high things. Raise your minds to the heights of the angels. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll see if we can get Shaista Justin back on with us. If not, then we will move on to some other stories I have planned. We'll be right back with more right after this. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate and plenty of time for you to get to confession before mass this evening. Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be with you today. We do not have Shaisa Justin on with us to talk about transhumanism, but we'll have to have this conversation another time. So we'll move on to some other stories that I thought were very interesting and worthy of covering that we just didn't have time for. So here is one. The NARA locates 82 thousand pages 82,000 I can't comprehend how many pages that is like if you had 80 if someone handed me 82,000 pages would that be too heavy to carry would it like fill up how tall would that be if 82,000 pages I don't even know that that is a lot of pages 82,000 pages of Biden emails that were sent from accounts using pseudonyms the National Archives and Records Administration the NARA has discovered 82,000 pages of emails sent or received by President Joe Biden through three different pseudonym accounts, a significantly larger volume than the ones that stirred controversy around former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. This revelation came to light following a Freedom Information Act lawsuit filed against the NARA by the Southern, the Southeastern Legal Foundation. The lawsuit was initiated after it was revealed that Biden utilized three shadow email addresses during his tenure as vice president. Robinware456 at gmail.com, jrbwarren at gmail.com, and robert.l.peters at pci.gov. That's interesting that he had a .gov fake email. That's very interesting. According to federal record law, to federal record laws, Biden was obliged to preserve all emails related to his government duties. The fact that NARA possesses such a substantial number of these emails suggests Biden did submit a significant portion of them. NARA is currently processing these documents for monthly release, given the extensive scope of the FOIA requests covering three separate accounts over an eight-year period. This discovery gained attention in August when the House Oversight Committee directed NARA to provide all unredacted documents and communications where Biden employed a pseudonym. Some Republicans suspected Biden might have used these accounts to bypass or obscure record retention laws, potentially concealing illicit activities currently under congressional investigation. The Oversight Committee Chairman Jim Comer emphasized the need for unredacted records to probe into the allegations of corruption within the Biden family. The Southeastern Legal Foundation has requested a joint state report by December 8th. So that will be very interesting to see the outcome of this. And I am shocked by the amount. I'm not shocked that this happened, but I'm shocked by the amount. 82,000 pages. And that's from these three pseudonyms, which makes me immediately think, if that's what he actually submitted to the NARA, what did he not submit? What did he hide? Did there Was there any other pseudonyms? And here's the problem with our current situation in the media, right? We can't expect our news apparatus 
We can't expect our investigative journalist to ask these questions and get to the bottom of it. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's all above board, though immediately skeptical because why are you using a pseudonym in general at all? But it does raise a lot of other questions. If he's willing to do this, how many other pseudonyms or secret activities were going along behind the scenes that we are unaware of? It's always funny to me when people talk about Donald Trump, right? For all of Donald Trump's faults, the guy is the cleanest president we've ever had. And we know this to be a fact because he's been investigated more than any other president in history. He's been indicted by everybody, been brought to court by everybody, been impeached twice. The dude has been investigated by literally every single news apparatus. And yeah, we did learn a lot of nasty things about Donald Trump. But honestly, if we investigated that much into any of our politicians, would we expect to have anything cleaner? I highly doubt it. In fact, it kind of reminds me of this interview I was listening to with um, Michael Knowles. Michael Knowles interviewed this woman who said she was a convert from being a witch as she converted from being a witch. And she was talking about the fact that she's from Colombia. She said she was born in Colombia, raised in Spain, uh, moved to the UK for a few years, got married there. And then now she's living in Colombia again. She said that she found out that the president who is a female of Colombia is in fact a witch herself. And she said she suspects that there are people who are out and out Satanist or witches in governments all over the world. And I immediately was thinking about a conversation that I heard that we we had on the show you know, about a year ago, actually, with Zachary King, who is a, allegedly a former high wizard of the Satanic Church who converted to Catholicism. I say allegedly because some people are skeptical of the fact, but I tend to believe him. It seems to make a lot of sense to me. And he talks about how some of the biggest mover and shakers and most biggest government officials, he even names Barack Obama as one of them, who would go to these satanic events where he would do spells for them. Like we are not battling against the flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, this present darkness. And we actually know this to be a fact because they come out publicly doing these things. Remember when Hillary Clinton did her spirit cooking session where she had witches do spells for her and the media reported it as a, quote, performance art? It was a performance art. It was out and out witchcraft. And we're seeing these things in the highest levels of government, in the highest levels of power. I was told, I don't know if this is true, but I was told over the weekend that Elon Musk's mother does witchcraft, which immediately I was like, that kind of checks out. That explains why Elon Musk dresses as like a Satanist, a Satanist soldier for Halloween last year. Remember that? And he put it as his profile picture for like months. He had himself in a satanic outfit. And I was like, yikes, that's pretty creepy. 
And I was talking about that over the weekend, and someone told me that his um, that his mother was a witch. And I was thinking, yikes! If that's true, that's pretty that's pretty creepy. That being said, though, I don't know if it's true that his mother was that, but I believe it was reported back in 2021 that his one of the mothers to his kids because the guy has a lot of what people call a baby mama he's not married to one of his baby mamas was a pagan witch was a transhumanist and a pagan witch i say pagan witch as if there's like another kind of witch right so (laughs) he's laughing uh so that's the that's the situation that i saw and i was very concerned by that and we should recognize these things we should protect ourselves from these things by being in a state of grace by recognizing that though we have enemies in the world who hate us now staying on the topic of medical topics of transhumanist rudy do you trust the science just generally speaking, do yeah. I trust science? Do you trust the science? Not, not science. Do you trust the science? The science? No. Science, capital S, trademark over the E. Science, sure. God gave us science to understand the natural world. It's not the answer to the, the soul or anything like that. The science, however, I do not trust. And I've had many of arguments with uh, some of my, my well-natured friends who, you know, they take whatever groups of organizations of scientists will say – for granted and verbatim, you know. I think we should do that with most people, but these organizations, you have to understand there's a lot of money being injected by different parties, different interests. They they have a vested interest in the scientific papers that get written at the end and the kind of things that they advance. So the science? No. I am I am not trusting the science trademark. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. And it's the main reason is because they're wrong a lot. They recall drugs. They We find out years later that, like, for instance, with this guy who was shooting, was a shooter in Maine, right? They found out that he was mentally ill. And nobody asked what kind of drugs he was on because he was institutionalized, which means he was probably given psychiatric drugs. And some of the symptoms for some of the psychiatric drugs are increase in violence, mm. are increase in depression, which is crazy because depression medicine has a symptom of causing depression most of the time. Things like this. And you see a trend with people who are mass shooters are on these kind of drugs. And it's always wondering, are the drugs causing it? Are the drugs aiding in it? I wonder. I'm always very curious by that. And it's something that you're not allowed to ask about. You have to just trust that the the FDA is doing its job, right? It's always like, oh, does it have an FDA approval? Oh, then it must be good. And I bring that up because the FDA, just as a story to one, to warn people, and two, in order to give an example of the FDA um, having problems, the FDA tells consumers to immediately stop using 26 eyedrop products. The FDA has issued urgent warning advising Americans to stop using more than 20 over-the-counter eye drop products due to potential eye infections that could lead to vision loss or blindness. 
The flagged items include those from CVS Health, Leader, Rugby, Rite Aid, Target Up and Up, and Velocity Pharma. Uh, Bypass natural eye defenses, raising the risk. The FDA recommended a recall. I like how it says recommended. Is it not allowed to just tell them? A recall after finding unsanitary condition and positive bacterial test in the manufacturing facility. While these retailers like CVS, Rite Aid, and Target have withdrawn the product, some leader, rugby, and velocity eye drops might still be available. This warning follows previous alerts about contaminated eye drops, emphasizing the necessity to sterilize products and legal approvals to ensure customer safety. So that's very concerning. Uh, I recommend looking the story up if you use eye drops to see if your brand is on the list of 26 eye drop products. Maybe your eyes are bone dry like Adrian's throat yeah. right now. Uh, and you need those eye drops. And you just got to. Yeah. Put them in. I'm so grateful I don't need eye drops. I'm so grateful that I have 20 20 vision. Praise be to the Lord for the grace because, gee whiz. I'm jealous. Yeah. You should be. <laughs> yeah, the this whole situation with the FDA, though, and the trust the science mentality, it's why I think we should always talk about a balance between faith and reason and not faith and science. Because science is a process of discovery, whereas reason is that which our minds conform to reality, right? So... We should trust our reason and trust reason itself, but remember that it can never be in conflict with faith. We'll be right back with more right after this. I didn't take my faith seriously, which which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. I mean, the reason we sin is because sin is fun, but it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When determining specific moral truths, most Christian churches say they use the Bible, so it's safe to say that they have agreement on doctor-assisted suicide, abortion, contraception, and embryonic stem cell therapy. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a challenge for you. Speak with the five closest non-Catholic church pastors near to where you live. Inquire if they only use the Bible to determine their church stances on these issues. Secondly, my findings, there are some similarities on abortion, but varied with two key exemptions. No common stance on embryonic stem cell therapy, contraception was accepted by all, and no across-the-board agreement on doctor-assisted suicide. And thirdly, my comeback. Should these social issues of life really be determined through individual conviction? Well, maybe we should just leave the determinants of salvation up for grabs also. Remember, the ones Jesus called the least of these will always be in grave danger if their existence is left up to individual conviction. Finally, check the very stance of the Catholic Church on these weighty issues. It's impressive. Listening to Catholic Radio and getting excited about learning about your Catholic faith can be, well, infectious. I converted uh, in my 20s to a uh, Protestant, and uh, this is the first time I've heard Catholic Radio. I've been listening to it for a couple hours driving. First time I've ever heard Catholics actually excited about what they believe. I'm going to tell you what, this has been uh, one of the greatest two hours that I've had in a while. And a special thank you to our donors for keeping Catholic Radio on the air. Thank you, and may God bless you. Over the years, people were treated as less than human because they were a different race, a different faith, or vulnerable. 
But over time, we must learn that we are all God's children, created in His image, that all human creation has an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a right to love and be loved. So let's cherish the sanctity of life, because we know how it feels when others treat us as less than human. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be with you today. It's always good to be with you on Catholic Radio. Now, joining us right now is Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen Today. Bishop Sheen Today. Check it out. We're talking about Calvary and the Mass, a most worthy topic. And we got through to the consecration of the Eucharist. We finally made it there. And now we can, I think we're probably going to be able to reach the rest of the seven last words. Alan, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Adrian. Uh, we are praying for you. And it is the cold and flu season up here in Canada. Uh, we had snow uh, twice this week. So, um, <laughs> you know, a few people are... Uh, get under the weather already. So uh, our prayers are with you uh, that this uh, cold that you're fighting uh, doesn't settle in too much. So uh, God is good. But uh, we're here to talk about the Mass. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We've already spent three uh, segments talking about the Mass and Fulton Sheen's wisdom pertaining to the Mass. And and this is why I, I try to say we can't cover the Mass in three minutes. It's not like that. It's it's the source and summit of our life that the Eucharist is. And so the Mass, when we unpack it, there's just so much beautiful. Uh, it's mysterious, but uh, just, again, uh, fulfilling, because it's fulfilling our mission to get to heaven. And Mass helps us to get to heaven. And so, you know, we had covered five parts of the Mass already. Uh, you know, the Confidior, saying that we're sorry. The Offertory, putting our petitions and our intentions before the Lord. Of course, um, the, um, Sanctus, 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 Holy, 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 where we think of the Blessed Virgin Mary and her help, uh, that we need to become holy. Uh, the consecration, when our Lord says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, communion, we talked about last week, of course, the Eucharist, this beautiful exchange. And, um, now we come to the part of the Mass, uh, that is referred to as the Ita Missa Est. Uh, the Mass is ended, go in peace. And uh, what Fulton Sheen has to say about that and how he relates it to the sixth word, our blessed Lord spoke from the cross, uh, it is finished. And um, I tell you, uh, even though our talk is coming to an end, it's almost finished, there's still a lot to be gleaned from Sheen's wisdom. And I think he's really encouraging us to say, uh, and to ask a question, are you finished yet? And I think the answer is no, we've got some work to do. You know, it's funny that this, it's a, well, I say it's funny, but you know, it's divine providence. It's all art unto Almighty God, right? The fact that we landed on Ite Misa S, it is finished on All Souls Day, uh, it just kind of says something because the Ite Misa S was is a, is a going to be sent out into the world, right? Uh, but unto what end? Unto the end, the salvation of souls. Unto the end of converting souls to Christ. And we think, our Lord breathing his last, it is finished. 
it's very interesting because, I mean, the other way of saying it is it is consummated, right? It is completed. And we think about the holy souls in purgatory, and they were able to make it to the judgment seat, and it was completed. It was consummated. Their life was consummated, and now they're the holy souls. Even though they suffer in purgatory and need our prayers, they made it. They have they have a guarantee of heaven. Um, what do you think about the kind of relationship between this sixth word in the cross to this feast of all souls? Well, I think one of the most powerful lines in the chapter on Ita Missa Est is where Fulton Sheen says there are a lot of half-finished Gothic cathedrals. Um, again, a project that has been either abandoned or left to just sit there. And I think we have to be very careful not to just let our soul sit. We think, oh, everything will work out. I'll be given time. And you had mentioned that at the beginning of the program today, a lot of us just casually think, I'll have time. I'll have opportunities to finish that project, which is our life. Uh, but yet the holy souls, if they could, um, send one word to us is, uh, is this, it says, be serious, keep working. And I think the regrets, these holy souls in purgatory are suffering a punishment because of some work left undone, some charitable act they didn't do, they could have done, whatever the reasons for why they're in purgatory. But still, they would cry out to us, keep busy, get her done. I think that's a saying that we say to ourselves, get her done. But don't leave this world with half-completed work, you know, um, you know, Gothic cathedrals half done. So uh, it's that battle cry to say, leave Mass and go out in with that mission, be missionary-minded, and that mission to save your own soul to work on personal holiness. I don't think we walk out of the church doors and go home with a plan. Do we say, I'm going to work on this this week. I'm going to work on this area of my life where I need to uh, work on some virtue uh, to turn away from sin. Uh, we know our, our faults and our, our deficiencies, but are we have a plan in place to work on them. So again, it is finished is that battle cry to say, Go out and finish the job, complete your life, save your soul, and ultimately one day be in heaven with our Lord. Mm. Now, I do want to talk about the seventh word from the cross. And before we get there, many people may not be aware of what Fulton Sheen is talking about here because he relates the seventh word to the last gospel. But many people may not know or be familiar with the last gospel or know why that's there, what that's about. Uh, so first, let's start there, Alan. Why is Fulton Sheen talking about this thing called the last gospel, which most people would say that's not in the mass? Um, what say you, Alan? Right. Well, for those who are comfortable or familiar with the traditional Latin mass, uh, they know that uh, the last gospel of John is read at each Mass, and it's that beautiful gospel that begins, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, again, I think it's a passage that we're all very familiar with, but it's this uh, reminder to us that everything comes full circle. Our Blessed Lord left heaven to come to earth to do His work, the will of the Father, 
and he goes back to heaven. And it's the same with us. Um, our blessed Lord, in his great love and mercy, has uh, said to us, you know, you have a soul, and you were given a soul that was made in heaven, and it will return to God one day. So hopefully it will return to be received and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, but again, it's this importance of coming back, this full circle. Our Lord is going back to heaven, and he's saying to us, you too can come back to heaven one day and be at the Father's table in the mansion. So, uh, But it's that whole idea of with the new Mass, uh, again, they um, remove the reading of John's Gospel. But I think it's something that's very important. Again, it's that set of instructions as we head out the door to know that I will return to God one day and I'll meet God face to face. There will be judgment. Uh, we think of those four last things. But uh, very important. I think we have to, it's a little sobering thought at the end, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, the, it's very interesting because uh, Fulton Sheen talks about how fitting it is that the last gospel be taking us back to the beginning at the very end of Mass. He says, the very beginning, he says, It is a beautiful paradox that the last gospel of the Mass takes us back to the beginning, for it opens with the words, In the beginning, and such is life. The last of this life is the beginning of the next. Fitting indeed that this last word of our Lord was his last gospel. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Now for those who are not familiar, this says, uh, Fulton Sheen, when he wrote this, this was back when the traditional Latin Mass was the only Mass in the Roman Rite. And now there are different forms, as like the Dominican Rite, things like that. But they all were essentially the same in the way they did things. And the last gospel was common in all the forms of the Roman Rite. And so that was what the Alan was just saying there. And now, into thy hands I commend thy spirit. Now, why is this fitting that this be the ending of the Mass? Well, I think it's important that we um, truly strive to unite our holy will to God's holy will. What Fulton Sheen is really pointing to here is our blessed Lord is saying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I give you my holy will right to the end, right to the very end. And I think if we ask people, have you united your will to God's holy will? Sadly, we say, no, I'm doing my own thing. But again, the key to holiness, the key to perfection is uniting our will to the will of God. And I think that's the lesson here. Do you unite your will in all things to the will of God? And I think I tell you, we will find a greater peace of soul if we do that each and every day, uniting our will to God's holy will. You know, it's interesting because you can say, I mean, the after Mass, here's a, it's a grave problem we see, is that after Mass is over and people get up and they just leave the church, they don't stop to make an act of Thanksgiving. And I think people were not really raised on how to make an act of Thanksgiving anymore. And so people may, if they, even if they kneel down, they may just kneel and say, uh, thank you for allowing me to be here today. And they say, amen, and they get up and leave, which, you know, is very laudable. It's something worth while of doing. Uh, but maybe if you go to a mass that doesn't read the last gospel, maybe this is an opportunity to make that your prayer after mass. After mass is over, kneel down, open up your Bible and pull up John chapter one and read that passage because it is a beautiful message of hope. I, I just love meditating upon that one line 
where it says that he was the light of the world and the darkness could not comprehend it. Like that idea that when our times, you know, I'd be over the weekend, kind of a side note, kind of moving away when I was saying here, the, there was a full moon last Saturday and I was at a Marian procession and they were carrying Our Lady of Sorrows. And I was looking up at the sky and I saw this beautiful full moon and then this massive cloud covered the moon. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the moon is a symbol of Our Lady and the cloud can be a symbol of the world, the darkness. But the darkness does not comprehend it because even though it doesn't shine as brightly, I know the moon is there. I know the, the clouds didn't get rid of the moon. The moon is still there. I know it. And yet there's still a little bit of light making shining its way through the corners around it. And so ultimately, the darkness cannot conquer the light. And of course, the light of Our Lady is a reflection of the light of the sun. Just like the moon doesn't produce the light itself, it produces, it reflects the light of the sun. Uh, what say you, Alan? Well, I think what's very important is that Calvary is being reenacted every time we go to Holy Mass. And I think we've been talking about that over the last four interviews, is how we have an opportunity each week to get in our cars and drive to Calvary, to see Calvary reenacted. And as we watch the Passion Play, again, this beautiful reenactment of our Lord's Passion, His death, of course, His resurrection, we see Our Lady. Our Lady is there. And it's very important to remember that she has been given to us as a gift by our blessed Lord when he said, Behold your mother. And so we leave the church knowing that we're bringing Mary home with us. We forget that because at the foot of Calvary, St. John brought Mary into his home. We get to bring the Blessed Mother with us. And of course, our Eucharistic Lord who is present in us as we drive away. But I think it's this important. We witness Calvary every time we go to Mass. And uh, so that seven last words that our Blessed Lord spoke from the cross are relived as we see these seven parts of the Mass. So um, don't miss the opportunity. I think Mother Angelica would say to us all the time, don't miss the opportunity to become a saint. And I always say to people, don't miss the opportunity to truly get the most out of Mass. Uh, you are a participant in the drama of Calvary, once again, every time you set foot in the church and attend at Mass. So uh, don't miss that opportunity to witness Calvary again and re reap the benefits of it. And of course, bring the Blessed Mother back home with you into your lives. So, uh, so much there. Amen. Amen. So check out Bishop Sheen today and make sure you get a copy of the book, Calvary in the Mass by Fulton Sheen. It's a great opportunity to meditate upon those things. But God bless you, Alan. We'll see you in the after show. Yes, we will. God love you. God bless you and be well. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. You could be a winner. Call now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. One last time, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have 
let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Years ago when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's number to call to be a winner this week. In fact, I highly recommend calling in because, one, the prize this week is something that I really want. And even if you don't want it, hey, win it for me, and then you can just gift it to me. I'd be very grateful. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can keep it. The other reason is because we didn't have a game show yesterday your odds of winning are even higher so call in 877-757-9424 and you could win this prize now here's the game i have three catholic trivia questions i'm not going to ask you the questions i'm going to ask rudy the questions you're going to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize rudy what could they win Thanks be to God. That number again is one eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. So call now. But our sponsor this week is Oramo Studio, and you can win a rosary of charity. You can go onto their website. That's oramos.studio, and I'll, I'll spell that out in a minute. But you can win one of their rosaries, which they named the Rosary of Charity and two pocket prayer books. Now, Oremo Studio is awesome. They help increase devotion in the family and love for our Catholic faith through the aid of traditional Catholic devotional products for the house. Take a look at your house. Look around, look to the left, look to the right. Does your home reflect the fact that you are a Christian, that you are a Catholic? Does it, does it point to direct your mind to thoughts of the heavenly, of the eternal? If not, check out Oremus.studio. They design all of their products, they create prototypes, they oversee the manufacturing of the ones that they don't fabricate themselves, like the prayer books. All of their products are designed with fine materials to withstand daily use, as well as being beautiful to inspire devotion. Now, currently, they offer handmade rosaries, rosary kits, English and Latin pocket prayer books, uh, homemade 100% beeswax candles, so be prepared for those three days of darkness. And they'll soon offer Spanish, Latin prayer books as well, Spanish to Latin translations, as well as DIY home altar statue niche kits, which are so cool. I want one of those for my for my house. 
Now, you can build it together with your family, and it makes for a really great project with your kids. So make sure to check out oremus.studio. It's not .com or anything like that. We're in the 21st century here. Oremus.studio is what you type into the browser, oremus.studio. Thank you so much for sponsoring our game show this week. And you could win that prize just by dialing 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. They're giving away, what, a rosary and a prayer book? Is that what it is? A rosary and not just one, but two pocket prayer books. Oh, two pocket prayer books and a rosary will be gifted to you. That number, 877-757-9424. Now, the people, the founder of this is actually a friend of mine, Francesco Vera, and his brothers. Nice um, name. So I know, right? Very good name. Their family uh, came over um, from Mexico, his parents, and they are uh, awesome family, amazing family. I got to actually spend the, the weekend with them. Um, they were at the conference I was at over the last weekend. Oh, neat. And so we spent a lot of time together. Over in Pennsylvania? Yes, sir. And I had met, I was friends with Francesco before. But I was not, I, didn't, I haven't met his parents before, so I met his parents for the first time. Great nice. family. Very Catholic, very holy. Um, and it makes sense to try to make a Spanish Latin one as well. I they, was about to say that. That's the cool thing about the Spanish to Latin devotional aids, is because there's a real void when it comes to Spanish language prayer books. I mean, yeah. a lot of them are really charismatic or too basic. So it's awesome that Oremos.studio, that's the website, by the way, Oremos Studio uh, is making something like this. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm very impressed with them. So thank you very much to Aramis on Studio. Joining us right now is Annabelle. Good morning to you, Annabelle. Good morning. And praise be to God, Annabelle. It's good to hear your voice. Uh, you've called in the past, right? Yes, I have. You're from, let me see if I can remember. You're in Frisco. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Frisco, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, we'd love to hear it. So welcome back to the show, Annabelle. Um, are you? What are you off to this morning? You're heading to. Are you going to Holy Mass today? Correct. I'm. I'm getting ready to go meet mm, the Lord. That uh, nice. I got that memory. That young memory. I'm remembering these things. <laughs> there we go. Um, Don't try. worry, you'll lose it soon. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm starting to get up there in age. Uh, Annabelle, will you be uh, attending? Going to a um, a cemetery today to pray for the holy souls. Yes, um, that's my plan. Awesome. Wow. Way to go, Annabelle. <laughs> She's she sets the bar high right she there. Does. I mean, going to Holy <laughs> Mass, going to cemetery today. I'm going to try to copy Annabelle. Model Catholic. Well, way to go, Annabelle. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. Um, are you, You're familiar with the game. Do you, are you ready to play? I am ready. All right. Uh, the question is, is Rudy ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh. Annabelle, don't worry. I won't be tricky today. Oh, we'll see. I, I promise. I, I could see his <laughs> eyes shifting. Uh, be careful, Annabelle. All right. Question number one for you, Rudy. The question on the board is, what day commem commemorates all those in heaven who have no special feast day? I know it's kind of a random question, hmm. but we're going to ask it anyway. That's weird. I know. It's not, it had nothing to do with this week at all. What, what's happening this week? Uh, nothing. Nothing happened yesterday, specifically. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, pff, nothing relating to this question happened yesterday. Of course not. Right. If you get my meaning. Mm -hmm. Because 
yesterday we we certainly did not have the day off Mm, mm -hmm. to go and celebrate this day all saints day all saints day yeah typically that's the day but it didn't happen this week right right. all saints Day. never heard of this thing yeah all saints day it sounds made up all saints as if there's more than one (laughs) all right annabelle 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, what day commemorates all those in heaven who have no special feast day? Rudy has this weird made-up holiday called All Saints Day, is what he said. Uh, What say you, Annabelle? Is he right or is he wrong? It is All Saints Day yesterday. It is All Saints Day, she says. All right, let's find out. Survey says... That is correct, Annabelle. Way to go. Could not be tricked. That was a very tricky question, Rudy. I've, All Saints Day? Did we? Annabelle, who's your patron saint or patroness? Well, I, uh, I, I, I always go first to Mother Mary, but then um, Little Flower. Ah, nice. Me too. You're on the Rudy train. Rudy is also a devotee of St. Therese of Lisieux. So praise be to God. All right, Annabelle, are you ready for question number two? I'm ready. All right. I hope you pray the rosary because if you do, this will be easy. Uh, Rudy, question for you. Name the fifth joyful mystery of the rosary. You know, it always throws me off when I'm praying the rosary. What am I throwing you off of? Joyful joyful mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. You, you think, yeah, finding Jesus in the temple, right? And you're like, yeah, that's joyful. But it's also one of Mary's profound seven sorrows mm. because she lost our Lord. And I love this uh, this little meditation from St. Bridget of Sweden that we should be like the Blessed Mother and just searching for God when we lose him by our mortal sins. Mm. We should be as distraught as the Blessed Mother searching for Jesus when we commit a mortal sin. Because we pay little attention to the fact that we've lost our Lord. So anyway, so that's a roundabout way of saying, see, this is a, I'm telling you, it's kind of a weird <laughs> dichotomy here, right? It, it's a joyful mystery, but a sorrowful one. It's the finding of Jesus in the temple. Okay. All right. All right, Annabelle. A roundabout way, 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, name the fifth joyful mystery of the rosary. Rudy says it's finding of the child Jesus in the temple. What say you, Annabelle? He is correct. He is correct. Let's see. Survey says. She she prays the rosary. Of course Annabelle, do you pray the rosary every day? Yes, I do. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Praise be to God. We'd love to hear. See, she prays a rosary every day, going to Holy Mass, going to go to the cemetery. I, Annabelle, amazing. She's concise. Amazing. She's not wax poetic like I know, like, like some guy named Rudy Carlos. Um, yikes. She can answer the question really quickly. <laughs> All right. Before we run out of time, let's do question number three. You ready, Annabelle? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, Rudy. The question is. What does the church oblige us to do on holy days besides attending mass? Like the first rule of gun safety, mm. the church obliges Keep your finger us off the trigger. Uh no. Oh. The first rule of gun safety is to have fun. Oh. And that's what we have to do on holy days. Oh. We have to have fun. It's obliged. All right. Just kidding. That's not actual gun safety. Yeah, Please don't, don't, don't follow that yeah, advice. Do not do that. 
For legal reasons, that's a joke. Exactly. Disclaimer, that was a joke. All right, Annabelle. 15 seconds on the clock. The question has nothing to do with guns. The question is, what does the church oblige us to do on holy days besides attending mass? Rudy says, have fun, of course. Uh, What say you, Annabelle from Frisco, Texas? I think it's kind of close because we're not refraining from unnecessary work. So I guess that might be fun. So I don't know. All right. Well, let's see. Survey says... That is oh correct, Annabelle. Annabelle. Way to go. You're a genius. Because Rudy was actually wrong. The correct answer is abstain from servile work as much as we are able, which is what you said. So praise be to God. You nailed it. Man. Man, Annabelle. You're not only, she's a genius as well. She's also a theologian. I didn't know that. Uh, so praise be to God, Annabelle. You got a three for three today. How do you feel? I feel great. This is awesome. Awesome. Praise be to God, Annabelle. We're going to put you on hold to get your contact information, but please pray for me. I'll be praying for you, and um, I look forward to hearing back from you when you call in in the future. Okay, we'll do. All right, going to put you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you want to join us in the after show, Alan Smith will be joining us again. We'll be talking about all sorts of things, whatever it is you want to talk about Leave a comment, your questions, comments, or concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between. Just look up Catholic Drive Time on any of your social media platforms and you'll find us. But if not, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you, God love you, and I'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. ...of All Souls Day. This morning's Mass is being offered for our listeners on Guadalupe Radio Network, our online viewers, for those here present, and for the souls of the faithful departed. In paradisum de ducante angeli, in tuo adventu, suscipiante martires, et perducante in civitatem sanctam Jerusalem. Horus Angelorum, Teisusipiat, Et cum Lazaro quondam paupere, Eterna amabeas requiem. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. 
Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and my brothers and sisters, to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Listen kindly to our prayers, O Lord, and as our faith in your Son, raised from the dead, is deepened, so may our hope of resurrection for your departed servants also find new strength. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. They seemed in the view of the foolish to be dead, and their passing away was thought an affliction, and their going forth from us utter destruction. But they are in peace, for if before men indeed they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. Chastise a little, they shall be greatly blessed, because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. As gold in the furnace, he proved them, and as sacrificial offerings, he took them to himself. In the time of their visitation, they shall shine and shall dart about as sparks through stubble. They shall judge nations and rule over peoples, and the Lord shall be their king forever. Those who trust in him shall understand truth, and the faithful shall abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are with his holy ones, and his care is with his elect. The word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. 
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died the appointed time for the ungodly. Indeed, only with difficulty does one die for a just person, though perhaps for a good person one might even find courage to die. But God proves his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we are now justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath? Indeed, if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, how much more, once reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only that, but we also boast of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. These days of the church's liturgical calendar, we are reminded of the three different states in which the church exists. We have the church triumphant, which we celebrated yesterday on the solemnity of all saints. We have the church militant, which is, of course, representative of the pilgrim church here on earth, which does battle with forces of darkness on its journey toward the Lord. And then we have the church suffering which is the souls who are in purgatory awaiting their entry into heavenly glory after a period and time of purification. And it's precisely for those souls that we are praying for today on the memorial of all souls. Today's Liturgy of the Word, we are reminded that it is the will of God that all men, all people, would be saved. 
and with the gift of the one sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, the gates of heaven have been opened. We have been reconciled with the Father, and the possibility and pathway to eternal life is there before us. But nonetheless, we also have to acknowledge that to be in the presence of Almighty God, who is pure light and pure truth and pure goodness in the beatific vision, it also means that our souls would be receptive and able to be in his presence. Because you can look at it a little bit like if you wake up after a night's sleep and someone abruptly turns the light on, it takes a bit for your eyes to get adjusted. It's hard to be able to handle that much light. Well, the light of God is perfect truth, and when we go before him in judgment, everything of our life will be laid bare and be laid clean. The excuses, the justifications will fade away, and we will see ourselves for how we truly are and how we've made of our life. We can't be saved without Jesus Christ. We need his mercy. We need the gift of salvation. But we also are called to cooperate with his grace and with his plan of salvation. And in those parts of our life where we cling to Jesus and hold on to Jesus, that is our pathway to eternity. And the parts of our life which have been stained by sin and have not been purified or have remained attached to us for that part, we need assistance in order to be still purified. It either happens in this world or that is what purgatory is for. Purgatory is sometimes seen as really a kind of fire which burns and purifies, but it also heals and transforms and allows us to become who we truly are and who we've truly called to be in God's eyes. As mentioned, the gift of salvation is won by the perfect offering and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But amazingly, God wills that we too can be instruments in the salvation of one another. That our prayers have power, that our offerings, our sacrifices have power, and that in the community of the church, in the body of Christ, where each one is able to have an impact on another for good or even for bad, unfortunately, Today we are reminded that we can have a positive impact and effect on the souls in purgatory through our prayers. And that is precisely what we are reminded of today, to pray for the deceased, to pray for God's mercy upon them, to pray for their entry into heavenly glory, and to believe in faith that God also wills that we have this opportunity to play in the salvation of one another. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us in a special way at this Mass remember all of the beloved departed from our own lives, from our families, all the people that we can call to mind to place them before the throne of divine mercy, to beg God's mercy upon them and their entry into heavenly glory. And let us give thanks to God for the gift of salvation and to never remember or to never forget that we too are pilgrims and wayfarers through this world heading toward an encounter with Jesus Christ, who is perfect light and perfect truth. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our 
We pray for government and civic leaders that they would be guided by the inspiration and wisdom of the Holy Spirit in their decisions to enact laws that would always safeguard and promote the dignity of human life at every phase. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and have the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our family, friends, benefactors, for those who have asked for our prayers, for those listening online and on radio, for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association and All Souls Novena. We pray to the Lord. We pray and call to mind the faithful departed to pray for their eternal repose in the beatific vision. We pray to the Lord. Lord hear our for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord hear our Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. The King of love, my shepherd, is Whose goodness faileth never I nothing lack if I am his And he is mine forever where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the virgin pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. In death's dark veil I fear no will With thee, dear Lord, beside me Thy rod and staff my comfort still Thy cross before to guide me Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look favorably on our offerings, O Lord, so that your departed servants may be taken up into glory with your Son, in whose great mystery of love we are all united, who lives and reigns forever and ever. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, in Him the hope of blessed resurrection has dawned, that though saddened by the certainty of dying,
might be consoled by the promise of immortality to come. Indeed, for your faithful Lord, life is changed, not ended. And when this earthly dwelling turns to dust, an eternal dwelling is made ready for them in heaven. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith When we eat this bread and drink this cup We proclaim your death, O Lord Until you come again Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection We offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation Giving thanks that you have held us worthy To be in your presence and minister to you Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuor nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom of power and the glory are yours, now and Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
Let us pray. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that your departed servants for whom we have celebrated this Paschal Sacrament may pass over to a dwelling place of light and peace through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Duceto, Et Spes Nostra Salve, A Te Clamamus, Exules Filii Hebe, A Te Suspiramus, Gementes et Flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuos, misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesum, benedictum fructum ventris tui, Nobis post hoc exilium ostende. O clemens, O pia, O dulcis virgo Maria. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, 
thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every 